God. I'm glad you guys were able to tune in. If you like FCC, click like and subscribe. Follow us on Facebook. And I want to challenge you to uh, send this to somebody. Also, this is fertile ground here. Consider planting a seed. Visit us at uh, our Facebook page, FCC. God bless. So we're in the third week of our Blessed Life series. The first week was it's all about the heart. Right? Pastor Felix is up here and taught on, it's all about our heart. Where our treasure is, our heart will be also. Right? We put our treasure where our heart is. We will invest in the things we care about, right? If you, if you truly love somebody and you care about your relationship, even intangible things, right? Your time, not just your money, but your time and everything, you sold those into that, right? Because that's where your heart is. And then we had, we streamed Pastor Robert Morris last week in a message called, titled, What Test? Talking about the weekly test we take every time we get increase, right? Well, for some of us, maybe it's not weekly. Some of us, maybe it's bi-weekly or bi-monthly or monthly. Um, but any time that we have increase, we face a test, right? And so this week, we're talking about the principle of first, and this particular section has had the biggest impact on me that this entire series has. So I pray that it does for you as well. And as we get started, let's just go to the Lord and ask him to prepare our hearts. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you for bringing us together today. Lord, we pray that you would help us in this area. God, I pray that if we have our hearts guarded, Lord, I pray right now that you bring down these walls. Heavenly Father, I know one of the most difficult things in the church that we have is talking about stewardship. And Lord, I pray that you would make us sensitive to your voice, God. I pray that in this moment, that as your, as your Holy Spirit is speaking to our hearts, God, that you would soften our hearts to receive what you're truly saying, God. And Lord, that when we leave here, we would know it was you who spoke and not me. Lord, we pray that this would be encouraging. We pray that this would be um, transforming. And God, I just pray that we would, our eyes would be open to your good and perfect will. Lord, we love you. Lord, we thank you. And all the saints of God said, amen. All right, so today we're going to start out in the book of Exodus, chapter 13, verses 1 and 2. And you can follow along on the screen if you would like. And it says, Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, consecrate or dedicate to me all the firstborn. Whatever opens a womb among the children of Israel, both man and beast, it is mine. Now we skip down to verse 12 and 13. It says that you shall be set apart to the Lord. All that open, that you shall set apart to the Lord. All that open the womb, that is every firstborn that comes from an animal which you have, the males shall be the Lord's. But every firstborn of a donkey you shall redeem with the lamb, and if you will not redeem it, then you shall break its neck. And all the firstborn of man among your sons you shall redeem. So the first point I want to talk about today is the firstborn must be sacrificed or redeemed. Right? Because that's what we just talked about, is that it has to be either sacrificed or it has to be redeemed. So how do we know what has to be sacrificed or what has to be redeemed? 
if we look at the two animals they use, right? They use a donkey and a lamb. Donkeys symbolize unclean animals. And the lamb symbolizes a clean animal. So whatever is unclean has to be redeemed with a clean sacrifice. Okay? And if it's clean, then the firstborn is to be sacrificed. So how does this relate today? Were we born clean or unclean? Unclean. Right? We're all sinners, right? Was Jesus born unclean or clean? Clean. Clean. Right? Now, when Jesus was crucified, right, he was sacrificed to redeem the unclean. Right? That's literally what this passage is saying is that the, the clean has to be sacrificed to redeem the unclean, okay? So now, as it relates to tithing, right, as we're talking about our sacrifice to redeem the unclean, okay, what if we put it in the lens of Jesus was God's tithe? The tithe we bring first. Okay, this is the principle of first. That's what we're talking about today. The tithe we bring first. God gave Jesus first. God didn't stand up there and wait and say, you know what? I'm going to wait for him to straighten up before I, before I give my son. No, he gave him faith, right? He gave him faith that we would clean up. Right? He gave him faith so that we could be clean. Right? So... We were redeemed by the sacrifice of Jesus. Therefore, Jesus was God's tithe. And so now, when we're talking about the tithe, and we're talking about first. If it doesn't come first, okay. um, if it doesn't come first, it doesn't redeem the rest. If, if our tithe isn't given first, the first 10%, then it doesn't redeem the 90. See, when we start talking about tithe, we use Malachi chapter 3, right? And we say, bring all the tithe to the storehouse. We often mistake the tithe. The 10% is the part that the blessing is in. The blessing isn't triggered by the tithe the blessing is triggered by the faith to bring the tithe first. That's where the blessing comes from. The, the faith is what activates the blessing. It's the faith. That's why, that's why when God gave Jesus, it was in faith for us to clean up, right? He didn't wait for us to get right before he gave it. He gave him faith. So, When we look at the children of Israel, the first thing that happened is they were getting ready to enter the promised land. The first city they would encounter was Jericho. And Jericho was this big, heavily guarded city. And it was, it was the, first, the first city they encountered. And what did God say? God said, bring all the gold and silver into the storehouse, into the house of God. He didn't say bring 10% of Jericho. He said, bring all the gold and silver into the house of God because it was first. Because it was first, when it comes into the house of God, now all the other places that they would take, 
are now redeemed. Because they were living under a curse, right? Because in Malachi chapter 3 we read, if, we, if you don't tithe, right? If we don't bring our 10% to the storehouse, right? Our first 10%, our first fruits, then we're living under a curse. We're putting ourselves under a curse. That's what all these nations were cursed, and that's why he the first, the first one to the storehouse. Because what happened after that? There was a man named Achan, and he took some, right? Buried it in his tent. And when they went to the next battle, they lost. Oftentimes, sometimes I think when, when bad things happen, we think, oh, God's just cursing me. Right? God's just standing against me. When I was reading this, God said, no, I loved him, so I wasn't going to let him take possession of something that was cursed. I loved them so much that I wasn't going to let them just take something that was going to curse them. They went back. They found Achan. They found the, the gold and silver. They took it to the, to the storehouse. Then they went and took the next city. Then they took the next city. So the first point is the firstborn must be sacrificed or redeemed. The second point is the first fruits must be offered. See, in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9 and 10, it says, Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase, so that your barns will be filled with plenty and that your vats will overflow with new wine. When he says, Honor the Lord with your possessions, he's talking about giving, right? Because if I'm going to honor Pastor Felix, I'm not going to give him something that doesn't belong to me, right? So this principle of first is something that runs all through the Bible, right? It says, and with the first fruits of all your increase. In Exodus verses, uh, chapter 19, verse, or chapter 23, verse 19, excuse me, it said, the first of the first fruits of your land shall bring you shall bring into the house of the Lord your God. Now, I want to point out, he says that you shall bring into the house of the Lord your God. As Pastor Felix has mentioned, even today, we bring our tithe. We can't give something that doesn't belong to us, right? God already said, I, I set that apart for me, right? That is mine. The first is mine. Right, when we go back to, could you put Exodus uh, chapter 13, verse 1 and 2 up there? See, God had said in our first scripture that, um, excuse me. He had said, Set apart to the Lord, right? All that open the womb, that is every firstborn. So he's already set it apart. He's already set it apart. Verse 1 and 2, right? Uh, he said, Consecrate to me all the firstborn, whatever opens the womb among the children of Israel, both man and beast, it is mine. He's already set it apart. He's already claimed it. It's already his, right? It's already set apart for him. So... When we're looking at verse 23, he's saying, bring it back because it's already mine. Right? If I order something 
online, right, for my wife, and I'm, I'm not going to ship it to my house because she's home all day, right? So she would know when it gets there. So I would ship it maybe to my sister's. At that point, I would expect her, because it is mine, I would expect her to give it back to me, right? To return it to me. Not to keep it, but to bring it back. So the Lord's saying, this first 10%, not just 10%, but the first 10%, the first fruits, those, those are mine. So all we can do is bring it back, right? All we can do is bring it back. We can't give it. We can't give it back. All we can do is return it. See, this is going to, this is, next statement, I'm going to preface with this is going to be strong. But remember, this is the word of God, not the word of pastors. This isn't the word of the church. This is the word of God. We have two choices when it comes to tithe. We can bring it or we can steal it. If we don't bring it, it's stolen. Because if we look at that story of Jericho, what God calls consecrated, right? What God calls holy in chapter 6, he calls cursed in chapter 7. The exact same thing that was holy is now cursed. Why would you want something cursed in your bank account? I know mine's got enough issues of its own, Okay. I don't, need any, I don't need anything working against me in there. Wouldn't you want your bank account blessed? See, it takes faith. It takes faith to believe that a blessed 90 is going to stretch farther than a cursed 100. Why? Because we can see 100 is bigger than 90. But what you can't see is the blessing behind the 90. Amen? Now, when we start talking about the principle of first, I want to go to uh, Genesis chapter 4, verse 3. And it talks about, it's a story of Cain and Abel. And it says, When it was time for the harvest, Cain presented some of his crops as a gift to the Lord. Abel also brought a gift, the best portions of the firstborn lambs of his flock. The Lord accepted Abel and his gift, but he did not accept Cain and his gift. This made Cain very angry, and he looked dejected. The difference? It was the first fruits. It was the first fruits. He didn't just bring an offering. He brought the first. I think sometimes when we look, we can think that God is being harsh on us, right? And we can look at Cain's situation and say, but he brought something, right? I don't think it's that God didn't want to accept it. I think it's that God couldn't accept it. So when we start talking about who God truly is, there are some things that God can't do. There are some things that God just can't do. For one, God is immutable, meaning God can't mutate, which means God can't change. Right? I am, for I am the Lord, I do not change. If God could change, it would mean that God could get better. But how can you get better when you're perfect? So God is immutable. God is also omniscient. He's all-knowing. So God doesn't, God doesn't think like we think. We think to figure things out, right? 
When we start thinking, oh, my car's broke. Okay, let me figure out what, why it's not running, why it won't start, right? We start processing to figure something out. God doesn't think like we think. That's why he says, my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. See, nothing occurs to God. He's not just sitting up there thinking, you know what I just thought of? Let me tell you. We do, but God's all-knowing. He's all-knowing. Omni, omniscient means omniscience. Omni meaning all, science meaning knowledge. He has all knowledge. God is preeminent. And this is, this is the biggest one. God is preeminent, meaning he is before all and he is above all. So if God is before all and God is above all, God can't accept the second place trophy because he's already first. Listen, even if he's not, even if he, even, I know, we always talk about, hey, you know, you got to put God first, put God first, put God first. Even if you've struggled in this arena, and maybe he's been second at times to you, he's still always been first. Just because we didn't have our priorities outlined that way, we didn't restructure his order. He's still first. He's still before all, and he's still above all. That's why when Cain brought a second-place offering, he couldn't accept it. So, if we're going to, if we're going to bring back, or if we're going to offer up something to God, it's got to be our first fruits, right? The best, that's what Abel brought. He brought the best of what he had. Last week, Pastor Robert Morris shared that tithing might be more personal to Jesus, Right? He said, because if you look at this, the bride of Christ, tithing might be more personal to Jesus because it supports his bride. Tithing is just as personal to, to the father if his son was his tithe. And so, to summarize the first two, the firstborn must be sacrificed or redeemed. We sacrifice the ten to redeem the ninety. The first fruits must be offered. We have to offer, right? We, we, can't, we can't bring back what's not ours. Or we can't bring back something that's ours, right? And we can't steal something that's not ours. So, the final point says tithe must be first. If you turn to Levit Leviticus 27.30, it says, In all the tithe of the land whether of the seed of the land or of the fruit of the tree, is the Lord's. It is holy to the Lord. Holy meaning set apart, right? It is holy. It is set apart. And so if we're, if we're going to return something that's holy, we have to do it first. Now, say just as an illustration, you're going to do some side work, right? Say, um... Someone, your, your friend needs a room remodeled in their house, okay? And they say, hey, um, I want this paint color. I want to knock out this wall, put a closet there. And you, you submit an uh, estimate saying, okay, well, my materials are going to cost 1500 My labor is going to cost another 1500 And then my profit is going to be 1000 okay? Your increase is 1000 because you had, had all that other cost and materials, right? So out of that, $4,000, your increase is 1000 
So you would tithe on the 1,000, right? So of the 1,000, 100 would be the tithe, right? We're all on the same page. We're all stepping in sync right now. Now say you have a stack of 10 $100 bills. Which one is the tithe? The first one. The first one to leave your hand. That's the one that's the tithe. Sometimes when we're sitting here, my wife and I, when we budget, we go through the first folder we fill. We don't run into the church because, well, one, it's an hour away. We're not going to drive an hour just to run our tithe here to the church and we can give it on Sunday. But we designate it first. So the first envelope we fill is the tithe envelope. Then we pay the bills. What we've gotten into, what, what some of us have gotten accustomed to doing is, all right, we got to pay the mortgage, we got to pay the TV company, we got to pay the internet, we got to pay this loan, we got to pay that loan, and now I'm going to give, well, I mean, I don't have my, I don't have 10% left, but I got a few percent. Let me give that to God. Let me give what's left over. But if God's first place, then what are we giving him? Right? If God's first place, what are we giving him leftovers? Or, we don't have any money at all. And we say, well, sorry, God, but the problem is God's portion actually went to the mortgage company. The mortgage company doesn't have the power to redeem your finances. God has the power to redeem your finances. So we can give to the mortgage company, but what happens? What was set apart for holy is now no longer holy. It's cursed, right? Right. So, the first, the first is our tithe. Because it takes faith. The first one that leaves our hand is the one that is our tithe. Now, say, for whatever reason, my wife had to go hurry up, run to the store because the baby needed something. It's Friday. I just got paid. And here she goes. She buys baby food and some snacks and whatever else the baby needs. Now, all of a sudden, I come home and say, all right, let's budget. And she's like, oh, hey, by the way, I went to the store today. My first words when I walk through the door are, great job. Now we're cursed. We're cursed. You spent the, you spent the tithe at Meyer. Listen, I'm, we're not trying to give legalistic principles here right? And God is not legalistic, but it's about our heart, right? That's the very first one that we opened with. It's all about the heart. So don't be, don't be legalistic, but understand that where, where your treasure is, your heart will be also, right? If, I'm, if I want to honor the Lord with my tithe and with my giving, I'm going to prioritize it first because I want to honor the Lord that way because he is first, He's before all and he's above all. So, I got one last scripture and I'm just going to close with this. Um, in Exodus verse, chapter 13, verse 14 and 15, it said, So it shall be when your son asks you in time to come, saying, What is this? You shall say to him, by strength of hand, or with a mighty hand, the Lord brought us out of Egypt, 
out of the house of bondage. And it came to pass when Pharaoh was stubborn about letting us go, that the Lord killed all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both the firstborn of man and the firstborn of beast. Therefore, I sacrifice to the Lord all males that open the womb, but all the firstborn of my sons I redeem. So, current day, right? Say, you're in the ranching business. That's what, your job is to own cow, own farm, own farm, farm animals and land. And your eldest goes off to college, gets educated, comes back. And when they come back, you say, all right, you know, I think it's time you take over the books. Take over the books, and you kind of just run the farm now. So the first, you're, you're first born sitting there looking at the books, and dad comes in from the field, and he says, uh, hey, dad, why don't, why don't you take a seat for a minute? seen something, and uh, I, I think we just need to talk about it. You know, I'm, I'm not going to accuse you. I'm not going to say that you're doing something wrong, but, but I, maybe you don't even know that you do this. Maybe you don't, don't even have a clue that this is happening. But um, you see, every time one of our animals has a firstborn, uh, well, you kill it. And... Uh, you know, you killed 83 animals last year, and, well, we're, we're in the ranching business, and that's, that's, that's cutting into our profits. So, so what, why are you doing that, Dad? In that moment, that's what the scripture is for, where he says, well, son, let me tell you. Let me tell you something about our family that you don't already know. See, our family wasn't always in the ranching business. Our family didn't actually own any land, but we were slaves. But God, with a mighty hand, delivered us, redeemed us, and gave us all of our increase. And now, we gladly give to God all of the first of our increase. As I was reading this, a vision came to me of my wife and I sitting at the table, and our daughter, when she's old enough to run by, she's already crawling, but when she's old enough to go running by and sees mom and dad budget every week, and the first envelope they fill is a church envelope. I mean, to a little kid, $2 is a lot, right? What's going to happen when she starts seeing a 20 or a whatever go into tithe envelope and she says dad why are you giving so much to the church and in that moment I got to push myself back from the table and pull her up on my lap and say well honey let me tell you something about daddy that you don't already know see daddy wasn't always a Christian Daddy was a bad man. And daddy didn't do things right. But God, with a mighty hand, redeemed your daddy. And therefore, has given us all that we have. Therefore, we gladly give to God 
all the first of our increase. I want to encourage you today that this, this part right here is what shifted my entire perspective for this entire message. We'll pick this apart deeper on Wednesday. But if we look at that last illustration alone, and then look at the entire message through that lens, we were redeemed. I've been, I've been redeemed of a lot. And because of that, I gladly give God the first of my increase. Because I know without him, I'm not standing here. I know without him, I don't have the blessings that I have and my wife and my daughter and a family and a house. And I can tell you that without him, I'm not living a blessed life because I have lived without him. So I just want to leave you with this one question. As we looked at this principle of first that runs all throughout the Bible, is God first in your life? Is God first in your life? Because I know, I know there are more people in here that, than just me who've been redeemed from a lot. And now because of that, you don't have to live under condemnation because you've been redeemed. Amen. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you, God, for your word. God, I pray that as it stirs in our hearts, Lord, you'd make us sensitive to the voice of your Holy Spirit. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would speak to us now, God, and I pray that you would shift our perspective. Shift our perspective. We have walls that we've put up, that we've guarded ourselves against stewardship. Lord, I pray that you'd bring them down. Help us to bring those walls down. Heavenly Father, I pray that every person under my voice would hear, hear and feel your comfort, your peace, and to know that they can trust you no matter what, God. Heavenly Father, I pray that through that, we would bring down these walls and allow you to minister to our hearts. Lord, we love you. Lord, we thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.